joining me in this hour, in addition to you, your opinions, your comments, your questions, your concerns, get in line now. We're going to get your take on last night's Democratic debate between Secretary Hillary Clinton and Senator Bernie Sanders. I think those that like Sanders felt he won, those that like, you know, like Hillary thought she did. We're going to talk about it with my buddy and co-host, who co-hosts not just Fridays, but days like today, Brad Bannon. He runs Bannon Communications Research, a polling message development and media firm. They help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. And prior, he wrote for U.S. News & World Report. Now he's a weekly blogger for EpicTimes.com, in addition to being a lecturer in political science at Salem State University in Salem, Mass. More than a pleasure to have Brad Bannon in the house in this hour. Brad, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. How are you? Good, Brad. I'm very good. Thanks for being with us today. Well, before we hear some of the audio here, um, and before I ask you questions, because I have many, okay? And there are well, I have many. a lot of answers, so it works for everybody. Good, 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 good. Um, I, uh, I, I, I have, um, you know, I have, I have so many questions, okay? Uh, first of all, who, now you're a Hillary guy, correct? Uh, I, I'm staying neutral in the presidential race, but I think that, uh, I think Hillary is, was and still is the front runner. Okay, you think she isn't, it doesn't mean that's your personal take. Okay, well, I ask you because I felt she won the debate last night. Good friend of mine who's a Bernie supporter thought he won, and I think that does uh, go down the line. So since you're not supporting one or the other, um, what do you, um, you know, who do you think won the debate off the, uh, you know, top just from what you saw last night, since you're saying that you're not, you, although you believe she'll be the front runner, you're not necessarily endorsing her or him? Uh, no, I just want to, for the record, say that I would be more than happy to vote for either of the two de- uh, Democratic president candidates, Hillary or Bernie. Okay, uh, I thought last night that, you know, the reality is Hillary Clinton is good at these debates. Uh, she's very smooth. She's very polished. Uh, she knows how to engage in the give and take that you get in the debate. And to me, uh, Senator Sanders sounded like he was kind of frailing uh, last night. He seemed like he was a little panicky. Uh, at one point uh, in the debate, uh, when they were talking about poverty, uh, he is uh, he said that uh, white people don't know what poverty is like, um, and of course, uh, most of the poor people in this country are white. Well, I, I want, is, I'll get to that. I'll get to the, the okay. more of the specifics, okay? Because I have so many questions and so many things to talk about. Um, let's play cut number three. This is Bernie Sanders speaking to the point Brad just made. Um, about white people not knowing life in a ghetto. Cut three, please. I was with some young people active in the Black Lives Matter movement. Young lady comes up to me and she says, you don't understand what police do in certain black communities. You don't understand the degree to which we are terrorized. And I'm not just shooting, I'm not just talking about the horrible shootings that we have seen which have got to end and we've got to hold police officers accountable. I'm just talking about everyday activities where police officers are bullying people. So what to answer your question, I would say, and I think it's similar to what the secretary said, when you're white, you don't know what it's like to be living in a ghetto. 
You don't know what it's like to be poor. You don't know what it's like to be hassled when you walk down the street or you get dragged out of a car. And I believe that as a nation in the year 2016, we must be firm in making it clear we will end institutional racism and reform a broken criminal justice system. Okay, now, Brad, a couple of things. First of all, if you take everything in context with what he's saying, and he's talking about institutionalized racism, you know, awesome. But uh, to me, the, the only time I was like, ooh, needle on the record, um, with the, you know, when you look at the poverty rate, uh, which was redone by Kaiser March 3rd of this year, so we are talking very current numbers. Overall, in the United States, 10% of whites are living in poverty. More than double for black and Hispanic, 26% for blacks, 24% for Hispanics. But in the United States, 10% are living uh, in poverty. And when you look at some states like Arizona and Arkansas, uh, you have 13%. But let's look at some southern states. Kentucky, 17%. Okay? Almost a fifth of the whites in Kentucky are impoverished and might live very well at, you know, what would be termed a ghetto. Uh, Louisiana and Maine. Maine, neighboring state of Vermont, 14% in Louisiana and Maine. Mississippi, again, a southern state, 16%. New Mexico, 13%. And that could be, to, uh, and, and, and this is whites, okay? Um, and um, uh, or, uh, Oklahoma, uh, 14%, 20%. And this was what I was going to say. In West Virginia, in the Appalachian Mountain Range, West Virginia, 20%, one-fifth of all whites in that state live, uh, you know, at or below the poverty level. Brad, did that comment hurt him with poor whites or hurt him further with blacks because he doesn't do well with African-American voters right now compared to Hillary? Well, I think it does hurt him uh, with whites. Remember, the, the other thing you have to put in context here is Donald Trump, Pretty good chance he's going to be the GOP nominee. It's not a lead pipe cinch, but there's a good chance Trump will be the GOP nominee. What Trump is trying to do is attract the uh, support of white blue collar workers. Uh, and those are the kind of people uh, who think that Democrats uh, only care about minorities. And that's essentially what Senator Sanders said last night. And it, it really does, because it sends the wrong message. Uh, it sends the wrong message to poor white people. Uh, it sends uh, the wrong message uh, to, uh, you, know, you know, the kind of voters that Trump is trying to appeal to, blue-collar people who normally vote Democratic. Uh, and I think more than anything, I had a sense last night that Bernie Sanders sounded real desperate. And the reason I think he said that, you know, he's right about institutional racism, uh, but poverty is not colorblind. And I think he's trying too hard, probably, uh, to attract black voters. I mean, and on Super Tuesday, uh, Hillary Clinton got 85% of the black vote to 14%. Uh, for Sanders. And the reality is Bernie Sanders can win small states that are all white, you know, New Hampshire, Maine, Kansas, Nebraska, 
But any time he gets to a state with a large minority population, uh, Hillary Clinton you know, beats him pretty soundly. And I think he's trying to, frailing away, trying to figure out a way to appeal to black voters, uh, because he knows if he's going to win the nomination, he needs, he can't get beat eight to one among black voters and learn to talk about it. Uh, okay, so okay, Brad, we've got tons of cuts. we got calls. i got tons of questions, so let, let's move on. Uh, both uh, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders realize the importance and significance of Michigan, and we're going to talk about that after listening to this clip. Uh, cut one, this is Clinton and Sanders, bat- Sanders excuse me, battling over the auto industry bailout. We just had the best year that the auto industry has had in a long time. I voted to save the auto industry. He voted against the money that ended up saving the auto industry. I think that is a pretty big difference. Well, if you are talking about the Wall Street bailout, where some of your friends destroyed this economy, you know, excuse me, I'm talking. Let him sprung. If you're going to talk, tell the whole story, uh, Senator Let me tell my story, you tell yours. I will. Your story is for voting for every disastrous trade agreement and voting for corporate America. The Bush administration negotiated the deal. Were there things in it that I didn't like? Would I have done it differently? Absolutely. But was the auto bailout money in it, the $350 billion that was needed to begin the restructuring of the auto industry? Yes, it was. So when I talk about Senator Sanders being a one-issue candidate, I mean very clearly, you have to make hard choices when you're in positions of responsibility. The two senators from Michigan stood on the floor and said, we have to get this money released. I went with them, and I went with Barack Obama. You did not. If everybody had voted the way he did, I believe the auto industry would have collapsed taking four million jobs with it. Okay, Brad, a couple of things. One, as a woman, and I know it's come out today, that there are people out there, and men, who thought that Bernie Sanders was sexist. And some people say, oh, that word's thrown around. However, we all heard it now. She was talking. He interrupted her. Then she interrupted him to finish her point. And then he tells her, I'm talking. And as a woman, oh, my God. God, did the skin go up on the back, uh, the hair on the back of my spine, if you will, because uh, it, 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 it's almost like, you know, quiet little woman, I'm talking, I have the stage. Um, is that how it was perceived outside oh. of Hillary's camp? And you're a man, is that how you perceive yeah, it? I, yeah, I think the short answer is uh, it, it did look like he was, uh, there's an expression for it, oh, mansplaining, that's it. Uh, that he was all little girl, um, let me tell you the facts. Uh, and, yeah, you have to be very careful when you confront or debate a female candidate uh, because if you talk down to her, it's going to come back and bite you in the butt. And, and did I, it bite I think him he in the did... butt today? Excuse me? Did it bite him in the butt today, in your opinion? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, I think many women who watched it uh, knew what was going on there. Well, but how did it bite him in the butt? Do you think he will lose votes? I mean, even if he loses was one vote, that's, that was a bad thing to have happen. Well, I'll, he'll lose at least one vote. I mean, he's going to lose some votes. It's not a big deal, uh, but it doesn't, it, you know, it hurts him a little bit at least. Um, okay. 
Um, where, uh, and then regarding that, um, he was absolutely right. She voted in favor of Wall, of Wall Street's bailout, but he, she was absolutely right. He voted against the auto industry bailout, um, and we're going to talk about that uh, when we come back. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things coming out today. And we're going to talk about what the numbers look like uh, going forward. With Brad Bannon and you, we have more audio cuts. We have a lot of your calls. If you're holding, hang on. You want to join us, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543-1. Who do you think won the Democratic debate last night? And be honest. Let us know who you support and who you think won. I'd be interested if a Sanders supporter thought Hillary or if Clinton supporter thought Bernie. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And what did you feel about that? Comment that I'm talking. Was it sexist? Or are we women too sensitive? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Back after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Marshall and I really thought the end of the world just happened. We went to commercial break, and in my studio, I thought somebody was shooting bullets at the studio window and door that are made of glass. I kid you not. I went up, and in Los Angeles, it has stopped now, but for approximately four, about a minute, uh, we had a hailstorm with the hail the size of golf balls. I seriously thought it was a barrage of bullets. If people don't think that the climate is changing, my friend, uh, you're crazy. Hail in Los Angeles. I have lived in Los Angeles since the end of 1999. I have never in my entire uh, time here seen hail. Just absolutely uh, crazy. And I've seen, and I know hail well because I grew up in Boston. <laughs> Brad, you're in Massachusetts, and uh, you work out of D.C. as well. Uh, but you know how that goes. You know, I think hail in Los Angeles is one of the signs of the apocalypse. I really did. I thought, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. We're never going to get to this election in November. <laughs> that would make a lot of people oh, happy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, okay, so uh, we've talked about uh, a number of things. Um, here is cut number two. This is Hillary Clinton talking about gun makers epitomizing corporate greed. Well, listen to this, and then I want to ask you about a tweet that a terrible organization, for me at least, sent out. This is Hillary Clinton cut two on gun makers. I know some of the parents from Sandy Hook. I want people in this audience to think about what it must feel like to send off your first grader, little backpack maybe on his or her back, and then the next thing you hear is that somebody has come to that school using an automatic weapon, an AR-15, and murdered those children. Now, they are trying to prevent that from happening to any other family. And the best way to do that is to go right at the people. When you talk about corporate greed, the gun manufacturers sell guns to make as much money as they can make. Senator Sanders. You know, 
I think it is a little bit... It is a little bit... Look, what happened at Sandy Hook, what happened in Michigan, what has happened far too often all over this country is a terrible, terrible tragedy. And we have got to do everything we can, as I mentioned a moment ago, to end these mass killings. But as I understand what your question is, and, and you know, you're not the only person whose heart was broken. I was there in the Senate when we learned about this killing. It is almost unspeakable to talk about some lunatic walking into a room. I mean, it is hard to even talk about. It. We all feel that way. But if, as I understand it, Anderson, and maybe I'm wrong, what you're really talking about is people saying, let's end gun manufacturing in America. That's the implications of that. We're going to, and I don't we're agree gonna, with We're going to move on. And I don't agree with that. This morning, the NRA tweeted its support of Bernie Sanders. And uh, Brad, how, how does that comment, and does that continue the gun issue and Senator Sanders' position on guns uh, come back to haunt him? Because obviously gun control is a huge issue with Democrats. Uh, Brad, will come back after this break and have you answer. I'm Leslie Marshall. Calls after this as well. Leslie Marshall, real people, real life, real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Marshall, he is uh, Brad Bannon. Brad, you just heard that. Will the gun issue come back to bite Bernie or no? Because we just saw him uh, win in two states, Maine, which I expected neighboring Vermont, uh, but also Nebraska, both of which you point out are very white. Uh, the short answer is I think the gun issue has already hurt him and will hurt him. I always thought, even before Bernie Sanders got in the race, his big vulnerability uh, was his uh, voting record on guns. He voted against one. Well, he, he voted against the Brady Bill three times, maybe two, but I think it's actually he voted against the Brady Bill, which is the most important piece of gun control legislation, three times. Uh, and listening to the clip you just played, he also voted um, at least once. Uh, on a, against a bill that would uh, require uh, gun companies uh, to essentially pay damages to a family of anybody who's killed with a gun. Uh, and uh, Hillary has always been very strong uh, uh, in terms of gun control. And Bernie Sanders' record in Congress is not good on the issue. And I think one of the reason, one of the ways it hurts is uh, the Brady Bill and the idea of, you know, handgun control is very, very important in the black community. Uh, and I think it's one of the reasons why uh, Senator Sanders has a tough time getting traction in the black community. All right, let's take some calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888 
uh, is uh, the number. Uh, Bernie Sanders voted against the Brady Bill five times. And we have breaking news. And, Brad, quick before we go to the calls, um, Bloomberg is not going to run for president. The New York Times has reported this is breaking news. Michael Bloomberg will not enter the presidential race. This is huge for Democrats. Agree? Oh, yeah, it is. If he had been in the race, uh, it would have siphoned votes away uh, from the Democratic candidate. So, yeah, it is good news, absolutely. Oh, by the way, the Brady Bill, uh, whether it's one time, five times, ten times, it's five times, and it's five times too many, uh, in my opinion, uh, to vote against uh, the Brady Bill. Uh, let's go to the call. Uh, I don't care uh, what your last name is. I don't care if it's Clinton, if it's Sanders, if you're a Democrat, you should never have voted against uh, the Brady Bill, in my opinion. Um, uh, let's go to the calls, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Chris in New Mexico, line four, listening on KTRC. Chris, good afternoon. Hey, Leslie, thanks for taking my call. I'm going to be kind of nervous. I know there's oh, don't a lot be of nervous. At, don't be nervous at all. All right. Um, you know, but I... I, I, I only got to watch the last, like, you know, second half, the, the last half hour of the, of the debate last night. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter. Um, I, didn't, I, didn't take, I didn't take his comment to Hillary as being sexist. I just posed it to my wife, who's really logical, and, and what she said was right. You know, when people interrupt, you just, it's people in general, right? You just say, excuse me, I'm talking. I don't think... I that shouldn't. I don't think that should be perceived as sexist whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes Senator Sanders makes a makes a strong stance, Leslie. You know, on account of uh, of him, I think he's tired of, of the people getting hoodwinked by the, you know, by the top one percent. Um, I, I, I mean, I think that's where he's kind of coming from. I think he's. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see him in. Um, don't get me wrong. I, you know, if it comes down to it, of course, I'm, I'm in all likelihood going to vote for Hillary. I, uh, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know a whole lot about uh, about, about about Donald Trump. I, I, people, I think are, are are backing Donald Trump because people want a major shakeup. I think that's part of it as well. Um, I've been listening to, to Senator Sanders on Tom Hartman for for some time now. I, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but you know, based on, on him wanting to overturn Citizens United, I understand that. Um, based on the fact that he doesn't take money from, you know, corporate, you know, corporate, uh, you know, big corporations, I, I think just on a couple of, of, of key facts alone, he should be the, the logical candidate. I don't, I mean, I, I know Hillary Clinton. To me, she's just, she's just the establishment candidate. It's going to be the same old, you know, it. I, I, I mean, I'm afraid of that. Glass-Steagall, he wants to, you know, close those loopholes. Um, anyways, I, I think that's about all. I, and, you know, I, you know, I, I think Sanders ought to, you know, maybe extend an arm out to Jay-Z. Uh, you, know, you know, make that connection to the, to the black community. I, I guess that's about all I have to say. Um, I, uh, so thanks for taking my call, and, and I, I really appreciate it. Okay, you did a great job considering you were nervous. We made sure not to interrupt you because we, uh, we know that. Um, uh, Br- uh, Brad, please uh, comment on the uh, caller's remarks. Well, I think uh, your caller, actually, who I thought was very, uh, was very fluent, uh, described exactly why Bernie Sanders supporters support Bernie Sanders. 
uh, anti-establishment, anti-Wall Street. That is the heart of Bernie Sanders' campaign, and I think the caller was very representative of the people who support Bernie Sanders. Okay. All right. Uh, let's uh, continue with the calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Let's go to Liz on line 5, listening on KABQ 1350 AM. Liz, good afternoon. Oh, Liz has left us. Liz, give us a buzz back. And I think uh, Dan also left us. Maybe they're having some weather issues like we hear in Los Angeles in Albuquerque because they're both uh, uh, from uh, there. Uh, let's go to Michael in the Bronx line, too. Michael, good afternoon. Hello, Leslie. Hello, Brad. Hey, Michael. You know, I am a Hillary supporter. I am African-American. And although I like Bernie, I honestly think he blew it at this um, last debate in three areas. Number one, with this question about um, him being sexist and saying, excuse me, I'm talking, probably the choice of words and the tone of voice is what people might find really offensive. This is supposed to be a civil debate. If he did not want to be interrupted, he could have said, excuse me, I think I'm the one that has the floor right now, and I appreciate if I wasn't being interrupted in a, in a very nice, cordial manner. I mean, the way he came off, someone could say he had, like, maybe the um, touch of Donald Trump spell in him. I don't know, but, yeah, that was quite uncharacteristic of him. The second area that he messed up on is when you said about the poor white people or the poor black people, you know, there are um, middle-class whites and blacks that have been hurt and victimized by the injustices that's been going on, not just in the corporate area, but amongst the justice system, the police abuse. We remember Occupy Wall Street and the Occupy movement. I mean, there are pretty much a lot of people that are not in the top 1% that have felt that wrath. So it's, I thought that perhaps messed him up. But the third area, the third thing was, when he was speaking about the gun, um, the last clip that you played about the um, the gun controls, and the one word that I think he should never ever have used, a tragedy, because that is the one word any family would want to hear after the systemic pattern of gun of school massacres and movie theaters that has been going on. Lord knows I can attest that here in New York City. That is the one word we get here. We get tired of hearing when it comes to um, police shooting of unarmed people of color, and they always say it's a tragedy, not a crime. So, so, so Michael, let, let, let me let me jump in here. You feel? Let, let me guess. A tragedy is something that just you know, like a hurricane. I mean, something we can't necessarily prevent or, or is not within our grasp to control. Am I am I right on that with you there? In a way. In a way, because okay, I understand. Because it is I'll a tragedy it. when anybody loses their life, uh, whether the person, you, you know, is, is is angry, whether they're a terrorist or whether they're mentally ill. It is a tragedy on some level. But it, but this is a little different here, Leslie. The thing is, is that after one incident, which should have been avoided to begin with, somebody wants to say it's a tragedy. Some people, like myself, might say, you know, I really don't agree with it, but I think the average reasonable person would have expected 
some kind of corrective action to be have been taken to prevent any of these further quote tragedies from occurring again. But all we see here is the people like the NRA don't want to face accountability. Nobody wants to face accountability or take responsibility for their actions or creating these kinds of injustices. And that's why you keep seeing the stuff happening over and over and over again, whether it becomes whether excuse me, whether it comes to the police brutality or whether it comes to the um, gun massacres, as we've heard in the movie theaters and the schools. As these people put the damn gun safety reforms in place and start taking responsibility and taking measures to prevent these things from happening um, over and over again, we would not have lost so many lives unnecessarily, and so many families would not have been facing one injustice after another. I'm telling you, it could have been prevented as far as I'm concerned, since they know full well that these are the measures that should have been taken, but they'd rather make profits over people's blood. They are criminals, and I'll go farther and say they are terrorists. All right. Thank you, Michael. Um, uh, Brad, a quick comment to Michael's uh, rant. Well, I, uh, yeah, I agree with Michael. And again, I think the gun control issue uh, is a real liability for Bernie Sanders because Democratic primary voters uh, are very concerned about guns. Uh, and I think he's probably losing votes, especially in the black community, because of his uh, opposition to uh, gun control laws in Congress. All right, let's continue with the calls, and we go next to, uh, let me see, uh, Twilight in Palm Springs, listening on 1450 AM KPTR on line four. Twilight, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon, Ms. Leslie. Thanks for picking my call. I tried to call last year. I can never get through. I just gave up. Heard your conversation going on this morning, and I called, and I'm on. Thank you for that. I am trying to address the... Um, survey that was done about poor blacks and poor whites. And this is the angle that I'm speaking of right here. Okay, hold that thought, Twyla. Twyla, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break and come back to you. I did not hear the uh, producer cue me that we had to take a break. I'm not cutting you off. Coming right back to you, I promise. I'm Leslie Marshall. Brad Band is with me. Back to Twyla and Palm Springs. All the rest of your calls and your tweets. Follow me on Twitter. Call us at 8886-LESLIE. Back after this. Thank you uh, for uh, jo- uh, for joining us and for holding and welcome back. And Brad is with us as well, I would imagine. Twyla, please, uh, uh, why don't you start again uh, with what you were saying before the break? Uh, well, I just think, uh, well, I want a uh, couple of things that uh, Michael said. Um, the uh, 
the gun control issue does hurt Bernie, and I think it hurts him with uh, African-American voters especially. Uh, second, uh, in terms of uh, the debate and Hillary, uh, I remember when she ran for the Senate and won her Senate seat back in, I don't remember exactly what year it was, uh, but uh, she debated during a debate with her Republican opponent, uh, who is a congressman named Lick, uh, Rick Lazio. Uh, Razio co- constantly interrupted her uh, and talked down to her, and that debate basically finished Lazio's campaign. Uh, he was never a serious factor after that. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that's a real problem. And, you know, the technical term for it is mansplaining. When a man talks down to a woman, uh, you can't talk down to Hillary Clinton. You can't talk down to somebody running for president of the United States. Twyla? Yes. Um, I'm going to go with my original uh, thought. Uh, it seems to me, as I observe, when there's an issue going on with black people, and most of our issues are longstanding in this country, um, all of a sudden there will be uh, uh, another uh, something that will say, well, white people, like with the Black Lives Matter situation, all of a sudden they come with the White Lives Matter. If there's unemployment in the black community, they'll say, well, there's white unemployment. And... I heard you earlier before I was going in the gym uh, speaking about the poverty rate among black people. Bernie must have said something last night. I didn't see the whole debate about poverty and black and versus white. And then there's some, you know, this issue of there's white poverty. Now, what I want to articulate is this. So does that mean that black poverty, unemployment, living conditions, are not important because um, we have a percentage of white people that are dealing with the same issues. Because we have to go back to the long history of this country, how millions of white people came into this country, were given free land, equipment, they, uh, the Homestead Act, so many things that have been given to white people without merit, okay, based on the color of their skin. And I found out recently Social Security and the unemployment insurance wasn't even offered to black people because it excluded domestic workers who were, that's what black people primarily did back when that bill was passed. So I think you have to be careful to say, well, if a black community has an issue, then okay, the white community has the issue too. I do respect and understand and, and, and can appreciate that everybody universally has issues. But black people universally or uh, chronologically through this country has not had the opportunity the way we should have to pull ourselves up. Things that white people get really affected. I cannot understand it. Even in my own life, if I'm driving down the street in a nice car, they look at me crazy. They're like, what are you doing in that car? I wear nice clothes. They look at you. I don't understand this thing. And it's very, very disturbing. So it says to me, okay, since black, since it's not all perfect in the white community, don't do anything in the black community, okay, because that's going to offend the white people that are, are in the same situation. And I think it's a double standard, and I think it's not, it's really not, it's really insensitive to black people. And the last thing I want to say, because I appreciate it, 
that you let your caller speak. I'm going to stop in a moment. On the gun issue, uh, okay, I'm not so offended. I don't know if it'll hurt Bernie or not. I don't vote based on guns. I vote based on economy. Most black people vote that way. Um, okay, now the next thing is uh, black people have been underappreciated in the Democratic Party, period. As far as somebody that's winnable, uh, most people that I speak to, black, white, or whatever, they like Bernie Sanders. I think Hillary has a lot of baggage to overcome. I hope she can overcome it. I will vote for either candidate if they become the nominee, but I will feel less reluctant to vote for um, uh, Bernie versus Hillary. She has a long-standing history, mass incarceration. A lot of things black people don't know about Hillary that may come out in the election and they may be offended besides Bernie with the gun thing. Thanks for letting me speak and have a wonderful day. You too, Twyla. I just want to address briefly because of time. Uh, Brad, I, I agree with her that certainly there are things that need to be done and have to be done. But with respect to last night, um, just so she knows, Twyla, I hope you're listening, I was correcting Senator Sanders' idea that there are no white, poor people that are white in this country. And you yourself are not a poor African-American driving in that fancy car, I would imagine. So the point being, not all blacks are poor, not all whites aren't. And the reason behind it, the motivation, which is, hi, I'm in Michigan, I'm in Detroit, there are a whole lot of black people in this audience, and i got to bang that drum because I'm not doing well with this demographic. Brad? Yeah, that's the Republican stereotype of Democrats, that they don't care about poor white people, they just care about poor black people. Now, I have no doubt that if you're poor and black, there are a whole bunch of institutional barriers associated with that that a white person, white poor person, doesn't have to deal with. Maybe police harassment would be a good example. No, exactly. Uh, but, different, uh, very, very, we're out of time here, sweetie. Different times, uh, different issues, such as you know what we see as race relations. Obviously, is not going to affect the white people, uh, but programs that are cut, like food stamps or health clinics for women affect and uh, transcend lines of color. Uh, I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. Have a wonderful afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow each and every day here on the Only True Democracy and Talk Radio.